0: Jesus promised his disciples in Acts 1.8, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Welcome to You Shall Receive Power. And here are your hosts, Etienne McClintock and Colin Hone.
1: Greetings and a warm welcome Thank you for tuning in again to this program with Colin Hone and Etienne McClintock We're delighted to have your company And follow on from last week's program This one is part two of living with Christ at the end of the judgment So last week we unpacked a little bit about the judgment, what it was And how it was taught through the annual services, the daily and the annual services of the, the sanctuary here on earth Which was only a type and a shadow because the real sanctuary is actually in heaven so, Colin, just before we get into Bible study and unpack this a little bit further, let's just invite the Holy Spirit and God to be present with our study today. Father in heaven, again, we come before you just to thank you for all your blessings, for the high priestly ministry of Jesus, for his incredible sacrifice for our sins, for his righteousness as imputed to us and imparted to us. And Father, we just want to recommit our lives to you now, asking for the fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit to guide and to lead us into all truth as we study. And we humble ourselves before you as apprentices to learn and to be taught by you. Bless us now, Father. Bless the listeners also, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Colin, a very good study last week. Maybe we should just summarize that a little bit, and then we can build on that foundation.
2: Absolutely. So we looked about that there's a judgment before Jesus returns. Mm. And we looked at what's called the cleansing of the sanctuary was connected with this judgment. And we read it also in Leviticus chapter 16, on the day of atonement, there was what's called the cleansing of the sanctuary. Yes. And so this was when day after day, the sins of God's people had been piling up into the sanctuary, mm. transferred from, you know, from the sinner to the lamb, to the blood, and then taken in the sanctuary. And we looked at there was a yearly or day of atonement where the sanctuary was cleansed Where all the sins that have been piling up day after day uh, over the yearly cycle were blotted out, removed or cleansed Mm. from the sanctuary. Hence, the cleansing of sanctuary is cleansing of sin or the record of sin that was in the sanctuary. And so we also connected to the high priestly ministry of Jesus Christ, who is the high priest in heavenly. And you can read that in Hebrews where he is now doing the work of intercessory like the priest was in the Old Testament Mm. in Leviticus 16 but so day after day he's been interceding with us and the record of our sins has been transferred to the blood of Jesus high priest takes them into the heavenly sanctuary
3: yes
2: but eventually there's going to be a, a finish or cleansing of the sanctuary or blotting out of sin or the record of sins in the heavenly sanctuary as well just That's like right. earthly yes. hmm. so Jesus is going to blot them out and remove them before he returns and you also unpacked in revelation where Jesus is our High And we looked at Revelation chapter 15 and Revelation chapter 8 Where Jesus is interceding on behalf of his people But there's a time just before the seven plagues are poured out Just before the close of probation Just before the time of trouble Different languages used in Malachi and and Daniel When Michael stands up When Jesus our high priest stands up That means he's finished his intercessory uh, work in the heavenly sanctuary and we looked in Revelations 22 where he makes a declaration where he was just, re- remain just. Mm. He was righteous, remain righteous. He was filthy, remain filthy. Basically, everyone doesn't change sides anymore. That's right, yeah. And so we unpacked all that. We looked at what happens. God's people are to repent, to put away sins. We looked at Malachi where Jesus is going to purify us. It's his work of purifying us or removing sin from us. And so this whole process has to come to an end eventually And it happens before Jesus comes mm. Just before the close of probation Or when the seven last plagues And we looked at, as you said, in Revelation 8 Where Jesus f- throws his censer down mm. Stands up, it's done That's We looked right. at God's people need to be sealed In Revelation chapter 7, verse 1 Correct And 1 to uh, 4 Where it says God's holding back the winds of strife Or the, mm. these winds that are going to come upon this earth The last plagues until he's waiting until his people are sealed. We looked at God's seal and process is done by the Holy Spirit where God wants to write his laws and his character on our mind and hearts. And at the heart of the law, we looked at this beast power in uh, Daniel chapter 7 yes. with this little horn beast power that rises up after the ten kingdoms of Rome. Come out of Rome.
1: That's right. The Western Empire is divided into 10 kingdoms. That's right. That's 476 AD. Yeah. yeah. And then
2: we looked at this power would rule from 538 AD to 1798 AD. And that the judgment, according to Daniel 7 in this sequence, would begin after 1798. Mm. We looked at the prophecies of Daniel also, and we saw that the time prophecy of the 70 weeks that started in 457 BC, 70 weeks prophecy where Jesus. The anointed was anointed or baptized in 27 AD, according to prophecy, where he was also crucified in 31 AD, according to prophecy in Daniel, and also in 34 AD, where Israel's time has finished. Their Mm, probation was mm. over. And so we looked at the time sequence to see when this started. And we came to that the 2300 day for a year, which was 2300 years, started in 457, and the judgment begins in 1844. This work where Jesus moves into the most holy place, just like in Leviticus chapter 16, where this work of atonement, of cleansing the sanctuary or blotting out, removing the sins of God's people, uh, and this work of judgment Mm. is finished. So we looked at that and we see that we're living in that time now. Right. Since 1844, Jesus has been living in, we've been living in what's called the great day of atonement. Mm. Jesus is moving in the most holy place to do a work of judgment. Cleansing of sin or removing or blotting of sin from his people And then he will then declare them completely just, righteous And he who is filthy will remain filthy
1: uh, And then Jesus will come Great, wonderful So the, the earthly sanctuary was a model to help us understand When we talk about the judgment What that judgment is and when it takes place So the judgment refers to the annual services And basically the day of atonement Or the other services were the daily services And that Christ was performing in antitype the daily services until 1844 from from his ascension into heaven and we know it, that the Hebrews talks about as you mentioned Hebrews talks about the role of Christ as our high priest and he after he's put this great case together in the first chapters of Hebrews you start in Hebrews chapter 8 he says now this is the main point of the things we are saying so all the things he was saying this is the conclusion of the matter so we have such a high priest seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven so there we see Christ seated a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord erected at not man. So the true tabernacle was not the one on earth. It's actually the one in heaven. Now, as we go through that, we get into chapter 9, where it actually talks about the sacrifices that was um, offered for people. And actually there's a verse, sorry, chapter 10. It says, it talks about the Lord, which is a shadow of the good things to come, but not uh, the very image of the things. And it said, these could never... By these sacrifices which they offered continually year by year, make those who approach them perfect. This is the sacrifice of lambs and bulls year after year in, That's right. in the sanctuary, yeah. 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 So they could not be made perfect by that. And then it says in verse two, and this is the reason why he's saying it, for then would they not have ceased to be offered. So in other words, if the if the sacrifices here and the system here on earth could cleanse people, what happens is eventually after they've been purified and cleansed by those sacrifices, they would cease. And then therefore they would go through the yearly service and they'll go through the annual service. And after the annual services, if they had been perfected, if they'd been made perfect, there would no longer be any more sacrifices coming and people confessing their sins. And therefore the, the daily services would cease, which would mean the yearly service would cease. Now his argument is here in verse 2 of Revel, uh, Hebrews chapter 10. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshippers, once purified would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices there is reminders of sins every year. And then he says it's not possible for the blood of sins and goats to take away their sins. Therefore, then uh, he talks about sins and sacrifices you didn't desire but a body was given to me. God then does away with that old system and puts in the new system under Christ and by the will of God These things were taken away um, Let me just read verse 9 there it says Then he said That's God as in Christ Behold I've come to do your will O God He takes away the first That he may establish a second So we're talking about Old covenant New covenant And it says By that will We have been sanctified Through the offering Of the body of Christ Once for all So we talk about sanctification, which is the work of a lifetime. It means to be set apart for a holy purpose. But we have all been sanctified in Christ by the will of the Father and through the body of Christ. Now, I just want to go to verse 14 as well. It says, For if by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So we are found perfect in Christ. Those who are being sanctified through the Holy Spirit Are already perfect in Christ So his righteousness covers us That's justification isn't it That's justification And then of course Sanctification has already been mentioned there Because he is sanctifying Those who are being sanctified Have been perfected in Christ already
2: So that's the process Of being transformed Into the image of God again Mm. Or the image of Jesus Is sanctification It's
1: It's transforming us back Into the image of God that's right And this is the only priestly ministry That can actually bring in perfection or righteousness Because the earthly one couldn't Because as his argument goes If the earthly one worked They would stop being sacrifices They would have stopped having the services But they kept on year after year Going through these rituals Until Christ would come Who is the only one that can take away sin And blot it out
2: Okay, so here mm-hmm. we have the Just a bit of a background of what we covered last week Yeah And so And also we realize that Those living when Jesus returns Will be living during a time of history That is very different From every other previous time Very different Since the fall of Adam into sin I mean ever since the fall of man God's mercy has been seen and felt In this world And God has many times intervened To hold back Satan's destructive forces And so Even now the angels are holding back The destructive forces of the earth Mm. Until God's children are sealed By the Holy Spirit And we read that in Revelation chapter 7 Verse 1 to 3
3: Okay
2: So he is waiting for us to be sealed. And then we read in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, that it's the Holy Spirit That's right. that is doing this sealing. But we also discovered, Edian, that during the time after the judgment has ended, in cases, all man's destiny will have been decided. Mm. This is before Jesus returns. And those who have cho- chosen to follow Christ will remain faithful because Jesus is moment by moment living in them, Through the daily baptism of the Holy Spirit
3: Mm.
2: And on the other hand Those who have chosen Satan as their leader Will stay in his camp Living a life of disobedience to God You know we looked at Revelations 22 verse 11 Where Where basically John describes these both groups Says he that is unjust Let him be unjust still And he which is filthy let him be filthy still Or remain And he that is righteous let him be righteous still He who is you know, remain righteous, or yes. he who is just, remain just still. And then Jesus says, I'm coming quickly. So the righteous stay righteous because they've learned how to let Jesus continually live out his righteous obedience in and through them. That's why we need the daily baptism in the Holy mm. Spirit. Amen. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Mm. Because during that time, the seven plagues will fall without any of God's mercy mingled with these judgments from God. And we covered that in Revelation chapter 15 and 16, and Revelations 14, verse 9 to 10. That's right, yeah. The last plagues, mm. the seven trumpets, the the, the seven seals being let, us, let loose on this earth. Now, the time period just before Christ's second coming is called the time of trouble. Yeah. We read that in Daniel, didn't we? Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. Correct. Where there'll be a time of trouble where Christ stands up. That means he stands up, and as you pointed out, in For Revelations chapter 15 and 8, yes. he ceases his Intercessory work work that's right it's finished. no man can enter the temple, so he's finished his work, and it's done mm. there's no changing sides, every decision has been made yeah,
1: and we liken that to Jesus saying that you know the coming of the Son of Man will be like the times of Noah, mm. and we know when Noah entered the ark and God sealed him and closed that door, so it wasn't closed by human hands. God yes. closed the door, Noah and his family were sealed inside for salvation, and everybody else was sealed. Outside for destruction But there was a delay of seven days Before it started raining And then the flood finally came of course And took them all away
2: That's true, that's true And we can read that um, Ellen White makes this beautiful uh, comment In Great Controversy We're going to read this again I think it's really important And she's quoting from Malachi chapter 3 Verses 2 and 3 So let's just read Malachi chapter 3 Verses 2 and 3 just so, okay. so we can get some background here And then I'm going to do a commentary on this
1: Okay, and I'm reading from the New King James And it says But who can endure the day of his coming And who can stand when he appears That's just like in Revelation
2: chapter 6 Isn't it yeah, Revelation right. chapter 6 It says all the kings and the earth and that Are hiding in the rocks Saying fall upon us mm. And then the question is asked Who can stand Who shall be able to stand And then it goes on Revelation 7 Only those who are sealed who are sealed That's right Sealed Hmm.
1: So, yeah, same language. It's talking about the same period. Who who can endure the day of his coming? Who shall stand when he appears? For he is like refiner's fire and like launderer's soap. So he's a purifier. And it says he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi. Now, the sons of Levi, were those who are ministering the word of God and mediating on behalf of the people, they connected with the work of the sanctuary. So he will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. So,
2: so, so Levi was the, was the priesthood, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. And in Peter, didn't he say under the new covenant that we
1: are all under the... the royal priesthood, that's right. we we all we're a priesthood of believers. That's yeah, the, right. the priesthood of believers. Hmm. And uh, so then we we get into verse 4. I don't know if you want me to read verse 4 now or you want to discuss it a little bit further. Verse 4 says... Then So when God is purified So who's doing the purification? Sounds Not like Jesus is. Yeah it's Jesus doing it yeah, yes. God's doing the purifying there It says Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem Will be pleasant to the Lord As in the days of old As in the former years And then this is the beginning of verse 5 This is I will come near you for judgment So this whole process comes in place In regards to God finishing his judgment Yes And to finish the judgment He's got to purify his people To prepare them for the bride Prepare them as a bride Now that's interesting You should raise that point Because if we look at Ephesians chapter 5
2: So Ephesians chapter 5 Yeah we yep. want to
1: go to Ephesians chapter 5 And verse 27 There's very interesting Language used Now this language The word connects back To Daniel chapter 8 Verse 14 Which we've spoken about In last week's program Which is the cleansing of the sanctuary That's or the right The
2: removal or blotting Out of God's people's sins From the heavenly sanctuary The record of the, our sins
1: That's correct yes Now the word um, in, the, in, the, in, in the Daniel chapter eighteen verse 14 It says Unto 2,300 days And then the sanctuary shall be cleansed The word "cleansing" in the Hebrew is shadak Shadak Shadak, yeah. yeah Now the Greek translation of the Old Testament The Septuagint or the Alex X You know, the, well, the 70 yep. The word they use for cleanse there is katharizo that's the that's the Greek word for tzaddak, which is the Hebrew word, right? Yes. Now, Paul, in certain places, when he talks about cleansing God's people, he uses exactly the same word. This and word of cleansing, that's right, or removing, or blotting out, of, of, of sin, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So we know from Scripture that Paul's very clear in First Corinthians chapter six that we are the temple of God on earth. We know lo- there's no longer a temple in Jerusalem. There's only the Wailing Wall, the the, the, the Western Wall there in Jerusalem. So. There's no temple on earth, so there's only a temple in heaven, but the temple on earth is actually us because it says, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God? So what you're saying is not
2: only is there a cleansing or, or blotting out or removing of our sins that will mm. finish the work of judgment, okay, but there's also a cleansing corresponding cleansing or removing or blotting of sins from our hearts.
1: Absolutely Here on earth as well From the, the body temple Which is us Yes Now I want to look at that Because God does it individually But it is seen collectively Because he does that to his church yeah. So what does it say? Now in Ephesians chapter 5 God is talking about marriage And he's talking about a husband and a wife You know that you know A husband is to love, love his wife Just as Christ also loved the church We're in verse 25 And he gave himself for her And then verse 26, in relation to the church, it says that he, which is Christ, might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Now, the word cleanse there is the same word used in Daniel 8.14 in the Septuagint, which is the Greek Old Testament, which is katharizo, Hmm. right? So the cleansing of the sanctuary in heaven also goes with the cleansing of the church here on earth, that he might sanctify, so the word sanctify, and cleanse katharizo her with the washing of water. Of water by the word So this washing is actually Through the word of God They're spending time In the word of God Praying when they're convicted Through the Holy Spirit They confess their sins And we know that God is faithful Not only faithful But he's also just He doesn't break any laws In doing this Just to forgive us of our sins And then also to cleanse Now that I'm quoting From 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 The word cleanse there Cleanse of all unrighteous Is the same word again Carpher Same word son. Cleanse So there's this You notice there's this theme Right throughout the Bible Absolutely
2: that is. is of Of not only pardon and forgiveness But
1: Power and cleansing Yeah because the faithfulness and the justice of God Demands not only the forgiveness But also the cleansing There's a, there's a dual thing that God is trying to accomplish here Isn't there? That's right mm. And quite often you know, people sometimes They get excited about the first part We're forgiven But the thing is we've got to get more excited Because God actually cleanses as well Which means he can Through that whole process Remove the power of so sin we over our have lives have a balanced
2: approach to this ju- Some theologians will call it justification yeah. And sanctification Or you can call it pardon and power yeah. I mean I remember you know, the story of Jesus when the when the prostitute was brought before him. What did he say? Is there anyone here who condemns you? That's right. He says, Neither do I. Neither do I. So there's pardon. Pardon, yes. Justification. Mm-hmm. And go and sin no, no more. more. There's power. And that word is used power. I'm giving you a command or power to go and sin more. And I'm giving you that power to be able to do that. Mm. See there? Justification. It's, it's a nuance in everything. Right through yeah. our scripture, uh, even right through the spirit of prophecy through Ellen White's writings, is this Pardon and power, justification and cleansing, or mm. cleansing or, or
1: sanctification. Okay, Colin. So let's uh, let's uh, continue there in Ephesians. So it says that he might sanctify and cleanse her, the verse 26, with the washing of water by the word. For what purpose? Verse 27 says that he might present her to himself, her being the church, mm. a glorious church. That reminds me. That word glory reminds me it's to fear God and give glory to Him for the hour of His judgment has come. A glorious church, not having spot. Or wrinkle, or any such thing, that she should be holy and without blemish. So Christ is sanctifying and cleansing His church on earth, while the cleansing of the sanctuary takes place in heaven. Now, there's a number of texts that that, that talks about that. For example, we were just reading in Hebrews chapter uh, 10 before about you know Christ's high priestly ministry and how the priestly ministry on earth, if it was successful and it could have perfected people, it would have ceased to, to do its work. Because the work would have been done, Mm. but it never ceased to, to do its work because year after year they went through this ritual of sinning and confessing, sinning and confessing, cleansing of the sanctuary. But Christ now at the end will do that once and for all. Only he is able to actually bring righteousness and perfection of character to his people. Amen. So Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14, it says, Then how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience? Now, the word cleanser again is katharitsa, which is the same word used in Daniel 8.14, the cleansing of the uh, Do you you notice the nuance there? Offered himself,
2: justification, and then again? Cleanse. Sanctification.
1: Yes. And it says, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So we know that sin is a transgression of the law. Now, sin is an act, but it's more than an act. It also pertains to the thoughts and the feelings because now it talks about cleansing of the conscience.
2: Well, that's so, just an amazing, amazing statement. Hmm. And I love what, you know, in Ellen White, in the spirit of prophecy, she connects, by the way, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27, what you okay. just said, with Malachi. Well, let's read that. Malachi chapter 3, verse 4. Okay. She connects it too. She says here, um, uh, connecting it, the time period just before Christ's second coming is called the time of trouble, which begins when Christ stands up, having completed his mediatory work as high priest of his people Remember in mm. Daniel 12 1.
1: Yes he stands up Ellen White up. wrote
2: this In the great controversy She says About the prophet Who may abide The coming day of his coming And who shall stand When he appeareth For he is like A refiner's fire Like a fuller's soap And he will sit As a refiner And purifier of silver And he shall purify The sons of Levi And purge them As gold and silver That they may offer Unto the Lord An offering unto righteousness And then she continues on Quoting Malachi 3 2 And 3 those who are living upon the earth when the intercession of Christ shall cease in the sanctuary above Are to stand in the sight of a holy God without a mediator mm. Their robes must be spotless Their characters must be purified by sin or from sin by the blood of sprinkling Through the grace of God and their own diligent effort They must be conquerors in the battle with evil While the investigative judgment is going forward in heaven So while this judgment is going on This investigation, While the sins of penitent believers are being removed from the sanctuary Or you know blotted out there's to be a special work of purification mm. Just like Malachi said Of putting away of sin amongst God's people on earth And she goes on to say This work is more clearly presented In the messages of Revelations 14 Right The three angels' message Okay And she says When this work shall be accomplished So when it's finished The followers of Jesus will be ready for his appearing Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem Be pleasant unto the Lord As in the days of the old And in the former years Then the church which our Lord at his coming is to receive him to be a glorious church, not having spot, wrinkle, or such a thing. Then she will look forth as the morning fair as moon, clear as the sun, terrible as an army with banners. Do you notice several points she's making? She's saying just before Jesus comes, there's to be this refining refining process Mm. that takes place amongst God's people. And this purifying process will cause God's children to have spotless characters. That's what you're saying, linking to Ephesians. Yes. In other words, they've been conquerors over every temptation and sin by letting Jesus give them his victory when tempted. And that's why she could write, Ellen White writes this beautiful, you know, saying in Christ's Object Lessons, page 69, that this is what Jesus is waiting for. Mm. He's waiting long in desire for the manifestation of himself in his church. When the character of Christ shall be perfectly reproduced in his people, then he'll come to claim them as his own. You know she says the character of Christ will be perfectly reproduced. Right. Yes. This so is not, not a, just not justification only yeah. when Christ's righteous is imputed to the sinner. She's referring to Christ's perfect character being imparted mm. to his people, where Jesus is fully and perfectly manifesting his character in and through them. And this is the only way that we can live in the sight of a holy God when judgment ends. Mm. The only way is that we go through this purifying process through the grace of God and that's through the daily baptism of the Holy Spirit of letting Christ live out his life in and through us mm. and purify us. And so it's just good news.
1: It is wonderful news, Colin. And I, I just love the fact if you look at uh, you know, some of those texts in the New Testament that refers to the cleansing as well. For example, we just read there First John 1 verse 9 about, you know, he's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. We also read in First John chapter 1 verse 7, so just two verses back. It says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, so talking, talking about us walking in the light as Christ is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. So the word cleanse there is again, so his blood cleanses us from all sin. And if we look at the 144,000 in Revelation chapter 7, how are they cleansed? How are their robes made white? And we can read this, Verse 14, because so, an elder comes up and asks John the Revelator He said to him, sir he, Verse 13 he asks him, he says Who are these arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? And then John the Revelator says to him in verse 14 Sir, you know So he said to me These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation So the time of trouble such as never was yeah. since there was a nation So when Michael will stand up uh, you know, As we read in Daniel chapter 12 verse 1 And they washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So we read there in 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, that we have fellowship with one another because we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses, how sows us from all sin. The 144,000 were also made white and prepared by the blood of the Lamb because they follow Him wherever He goes. Now, dear listener, we're just going to have a break here, and we'll come back straight after these short messages. Stay tuned. was broken and contrite hard for more of her music visit JacquelineJewel.com Welcome back we are studying the book 50 Days Prayers and Devotionals to Prepare for the latter Rain and Christ Return by Pastor Dennis Smith and we are on day 37 which is Living with Christ at the End of the Judgment and this is part 2 So Colin, maybe we can just uh, take up from where we left off before Talking about how Christ's blood is the one He's the one and through his blood That his people are cleansed from all unrighteousness And sin here on the earth
2: Yeah, It's his righteousness alone Christ's Mm. righteousness alone It's imputed, it's imparted It's pardon, it's power It's justification, it's sanctification Mm. Um, Different terminology But it's all Christ's righteousness And this work of cleansing Or purifying Happens before Jesus finishes His high priestly ministry And so since Christ is no longer Mediating as their High priest In the heavenly sanctuary This is when He finishes his work Right His people will have Attained a condition Of complete victory Over all sin in their lives And how? Through the daily baptism of the Holy Spirit mm. and by righteous by
1: faith. Yeah, that is so important. You know, both those aspects. We are saved by grace through faith alone. So it's faith in the Word of God and believing everything we read in the Word and all the promises that God has given us. That He is the one that will cleanse. We just need to cooperate. Matter of fact, we need to get out of the way sometimes, you know. Oh. And what I mean by that is surrender. Give our lives to Jesus completely. So he's pardoned
2: us, and it's those, those who are ready to meet Jesus will allow Jesus to live in them 100%. Mm. I know some people think this is impossible, but the Bible says, with God, all things are possible. Amen. Even though we can't see it, God yeah. can do it. That's and right. he's made these promises in his Bible that but, he can do it. And if we could do it, we wouldn't need faith. We'd just do it. That's right. Yeah. But we can't do it. <laughs> That's why we need Christ. Has, <laughs> Amen. The thing is, Christ has done it. And so he, if Christ has proven it. Christ has done it, mm. and if Christ dwells in us— he, he'll accomplish the same thing in and through us
1: Amen Through his imparted righteousness Colin, and, I'm gonna, you're going to make me share a very hard-hitting text Towards the end of our study Because we know that Christ came to crush the serpent's head Yes And I'm going to read a text in relation to what, he, what God does Through his people as well at the end of time
2: Amen So they'll be living in no known sin I want to know that They'll be living in no known sin They were mm. not sinning in thought, word or deed mm. Wow How does that happen? Well, by Christ is fully manifesting himself in and through their lives. And I love what Ellen White wrote in Desire of Ages, page 123. She says this, and she's referring to John chapter 14, verse 30. She says, the print, when Jesus says, The prince of this world comes, says Jesus, and has nothing in me. And she comments on this, and she says, There was in him nothing that responded to Satan's sophistry. Mm. He did not consent to sin. Not even by thought did he yield to temptation, and so it may be with us. Well, how? How can it be with us? The only way it can be is if it's Jesus living out his life in and through us. So it's his thoughts, his mind. And so I believe this must be the experience of those who are ready to meet Jesus since they will no longer have a mediatory intercession of Christ to turn if they sin and thought word, or deed. Mm. That may sound like an impossibility. And I know many of us, have de- there's been many debates, you know, over the last hundred years or so about that. Sure. Yet it's true. And how to experience that level of obedience to God is what we're talking about. How mm. do we experience it? And Jude also refers to the experience of that last generation of Christians who are living when Jesus comes. In Jude chapter 24, Jude says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory." With exceeding joy. So, who's to prevent us? Who's to present us faultless?
1: Well, He who's able to keep you from falling, which is God the Father, and of course He does that through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Who does that, Who
2: does that through the Holy Spirit? So He
1: is hmm. able to keep us from falling, and to
2: present us faultless through His justifying righteousness and His imparted righteousness.
1: Now, are you going to unpack that word faultless a little bit there? Or, because it's actually interesting to note that that word faultless is the same word that's used to describe the 144,000 yes. um, in Revelation chapter 14. They are without fault or without guile before the throne of God. That's right. It
2: talks about that. And, and why? What do they have written on their foreheads?
1: Well, the Father's name is written on their foreheads, which, and the name obviously refers to character. And did it say that God's people would be sealed? In their foreheads.
2: So, what's being said on their forehead? God's character, Amen. His name, mm. and where is what is it? What is a demonstration of God's character? It says His ten commandments are a what? A transcript
1: of His character. Of His character. Yes. So they have
2: God, the law, written on their mind and hearts, according mm-hmm. to Hebrews chapter eight and ten. And so, yeah. So here we read that Jude says that those who allow Christ to keep them from falling into sin will be able to stand in the presence of His glory with exceeding joy when He returns and not be consumed. Yes. And Jesus describes his coming in glory with the same Greek word used in Jude 24 for his glory. uses the same word. Mm. And so you've got that verse you wanted to share with us?
1: Yeah, Colin, the, uh, the word glory there is the same word that Jesus used when he spoke about his second coming. And we read that in Matthew 24 and verse 30. And it says, And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now, the word glory there is the same word in Jude 25, it is, isn't it? 24? Yeah. He will present your faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. The same word glory is used there in, in, in Jesus' words in Matthew 24, verse 30.
2: And this is the same Greek word also used to describe that last generation of Christians who give the three angels a message in the latter rain power just before Jesus comes in Revelation 14, 5. Mm. Fear God and give him glory. Right. It's yes. the same word that's used there. Mm. And the reason they're faultless is because their sins have been forgiven. They are covered with Christ justifying righteousness, and Christ is moment by moment living out his obedience in their lives. Amen. And so this is the experience of those who receive the, who receive the latter rain and are ready to meet Jesus. Jesus, since they will no longer have the mediatory intercession of Christ to turn to if they sin and thought, well, deed. And I said, it sounds like an impossibility, but Jesus said He is able to do this Mm. because Christ has done it. He will do that in and through us. And so this victory over temptation and sin must happen in our lives under the early rain power of the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of what we've been talking about is the early rain, daily baptism, Holy Spirit. Yes. Which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Mm. And so... If this does not happen, when the latter rain of the Spirit will have no benefit to us. And I love what Ellen White wrote about this in um, Christian Experience and Teachings of Ellen White, page 112. She says, I saw that many were neglecting the preparation so needful and were looking to the time of refreshing and the latter rain to fit them to stand in the day of the Lord and to live in his sight. She goes, Oh, how many I saw in the time of trouble without a shelter. They had neglected the needful preparation. Therefore, they could not receive the refreshing that all must have to fit them to live in the sight of the Holy God. Now, this refreshing, she links to being called the latter rain. Now, interesting, in Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 3, Peter tells us the sequence. Yes. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Mm. Acts chapter 3 verse 19.
1: And it says repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Keep reading in verse 20. Okay, and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before. Verse 21, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. So again
2: that that call to repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. This language is blotting out in the heavenly sanctuary, mm, the mm. cleansing of the sanctuary, so that the times of refreshing may come. See, the latter rain can be poured out. That's right. God finishes and seals us, and we can go through this time. Mm, hmm. That then he can send Jesus Christ, who has preached you before.
1: That's right. So the, the lateral rain doesn't get uh, poured out until the blotting out of sins has taken place. Now, some people say, but listen, Paul's just preaching now just around Pentecost time. This is actually his second sermon. The first day in Pentecost, 3,000 were converted in Acts chapter 2. Hmm. We're now in Acts chapter 3 where he's preaching in, in, in Solomon's porch or Solomon's portico. And the sequence of events we're talking about here, we've got to uh, grasp in the context of prophecy, Remember we spoke about the 2,300 day prophecy And then in Daniel chapter 9 An explanation of the 2,300 days That presented And 70 weeks or 490 days Are cut off for Israel To bring in everlasting righteousness To seal up the vision Now we're in the last week Of that 70 week prophecy So Christ has uh, been uh, executed on the cross So he's yep. died on the cross 31 He's AD. now ascended to heaven yep. So we are at the beginning Of the last three and a half Years of the last week with the disciples the seven year, and year prophet we 've yeah. got
2: Stephen and the apostles and all that That's preaching right. the gospel,
1: and they can still seal up, they can still stop and end the vision there, so the rest of the time doesn 't run up so when 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 peter 's preaching this he 's preaching within that time sequence, of course they fail to do it, they seal their, their, their fate by stoning Stephen and he 's martyr for his faith, but in the process of there he 's actually asking for people to be converted. That their sins may be blotted out Which is the language now Because they failed The prophecy continues And runs through to 1844 And that applies to us now In our time in which we live Which is
2: when the cleansing of the sanctuary Or the judgment began Which the purpose was Was to blot out Our record of our sins So the time of refreshing May become That's and, exactly And Adam talking about The refreshing being The latter rain And so I think it's It's a deception of Satan If we believe We do not have to take seriously The sin problem in our lives I think it's a deception and you know Ellen White confirmed those words and she? she said i saw n- that none could share the refreshing unless they obtain the victory over every besemen mm. over pride selfishness love of the world and over every wrong word and action amen so she's talking about that we need this refreshing
1: so i want to just connect back that blotting out of the sins right because the blotting out of the sins takes place when the last person Has confessed their sins And the final seal can be placed on them As we read in uh, Revelation chapter 22 Because what Israel were to do During the 70 weeks For them to seal up the vision In other words to stop the vision there That's been cut off from the 2300 days Was um, to finish the transgression I'm reading out of Daniel chapter 9 verse 24 To finish the transgression To make an end of sins To make reconciliation for iniquity To bring in everlasting righteousness Righteousness and then to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. So, what happens is they fail to do that. So, this is now what Christ does in the most holy part of the heavenly sanctuary for us at this stage after the end of the 2,300 days. Because, unto 2,300 days, and the sanctuary shall be cleansed. All these tasks that God gave through prophecy to Israel, because it says their 70 weeks are cut off or determined for your people and your holy city to finish transgression and so forth, is now given to the church. Mm. And this, how do they do it? Through the blood of the lamb, by washing their robes in the blood of the lamb to be made white And allowing God to do the work that Israel failed to do by faith in Christ
2: So we need this purifying process to happen And so we want the latter rain to fall mm. And But the victory over temptation, sin must happen under the early rain power of the Holy Spirit Amen If this doesn't happen, the latter rain of the Spirit will not be no benefit to us mm and we just read that you know Ellen White wrote in Christian experience and teachings of Ellen White page 112 she says many were looking neglecting their preparation so needful and were looking for the time of refreshing in the latter rain to fit them to stand in the day of the lord and to live in his holy sight oh how many i saw in the time of trouble without a shelter they had neglected the needful preparation therefore they could not receive the refreshing there's that refreshing the latter mm, rain mm that all must have to fit them to live in the sight of the Holy God. So we need the latter rain to fit us to to fit, in the, uh, to fit us to stand in the Holy God in this time. That's right. You won't be able to stand without the latter rain of the Holy Spirit. Mm. But in to order to receive the latter rain, we need the early rain. And she confirms that in The Faith I Live By, page 333. Okay. She says, the latter rain ripening the earth's harvest, remember, the latter rain ripens the harvest. Mm. The early rain Grows the harvest or grows the plants to be ready for the harvest. The latter rain, ripening earth's harvest, represents the spiritual grace that prepares the church for the coming of the Son of Man. But unless the former rain has fallen, there will be no life. The green blade will not spring up unless the early shells have done their work. The latter rain can bring no seed to perfection. Mm. So full spiritual growth under the early rain baptism of the Holy Spirit is necessary for us to even to be able to recognize the latter rain of the Spirit when it is falling. And she even goes and say that when it falls, many won't even recognize it. Wow. They won't even
1: know it's falling. So that, that spiritual discernment that we require that only the Holy Spirit can give us needs to be given to us in the former rain so we can recognize it when it does happen.
2: That's right. And we know what's coming. We know that that the latter rain is about to be you know, poured out. We know that um, there's close of probation is soon. We can see the signs in the world, so we can see all the pieces coming together. Mm. But in God's mercy, he's holding back those winds in Revelation 7, waiting for us to be sealed. And I love, again, Ellen White says, um, if you want to be ready for this fast approaching conflict, she says these words. Nothing but the baptism of the Holy Spirit can bring up the church to its right position and prepare the people for God for the fast approaching conflict. Mm. That's why it's so important that we daily pray and ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit of Christ in us, the hope of glory, to prepare us for the latter reign of the Holy mm. Spirit. Amen. we to grow into the likeness of Jesus in preparation for the latter reign.
1: Mm. It's interesting he uses the word fast approaching conflict. Now, in these times of, of peace and religious freedoms, we need to have that daily baptism of the Holy Spirit to get into the Word of God, to be. Educated and taught by God So that we can grow in the fullness of the former rain So when the refreshing does come That latter rain It simply matures the harvest Ready for for Christ's second coming
2: That's right And I believe this is God's last work in his people This purifying process Remember you spoke in Ephesians chapter 5 About preparing us as a bride A glorious church yes. Without what? Spot or wrinkle mm. You know like Jude to pre- present us faultless There's this language That's used over and over again In the Bible it About is. this great last harvest principle That we're speaking about This harvest principle
1: Yeah, And I just want to mention That also Revelation chapter 19 Verse 7 It says Let us be glad and rejoice And give him glory For the marriage of the Lamb Has come And his wife has made herself ready So the wife has made herself ready. And then in verse 8 it says, And to her was granted, so this is a gift, it's an imparted righteousness, granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So the righteousness of Christ is manifest or demonstrated through the righteous acts of the saints.
2: Yeah, which is Christ's righteousness demonstrated Mm. through them. And again, you see this language again in the proclamation of the three angels. After the three angels' messages go out to the world, and we can read it again what those three angels' messages are because this message has to go to the world. Mm. And this message prepares God's people or calls people or God's people out of Babylon, out of confusion, into this remnant church which has the patience of the saints, keeps the commandments of God, and has the faith of Jesus. Mm. And you read straight after that, there's the reaping of earth's harvest. That's right. In Revelations 14, verse 14, it says, Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud... And on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. Another angel came out of his temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Mm. And then we see... There's, there's two harvests, one of the wicked and one of the righteous. That's
1: right. So the, the ripening of the earth harvest is actually the ripening under the power of the outpouring of the lateral rain. That's right. The refreshing of the Lord, as Peter referred to it in uh, Acts chapter 3.
2: That's right. So this message goes out, the three angels' message. It's an everlasting gospel. It's the gospel of what Jesus has done for us and, and justifying us. If we accept that that um, sacrifice on the cross that he did mm. for us it's also the gospel of you know of removing sin out of our lives
1: that's right the cleansing from the cl-
2: all unrighteousness yes cleansing of all unrighteousness mm-hmm. it's a message that goes to the whole world In verse chapter 7 it says fear God and give glory to him that word glory glory again yes yes and for the hour of judgment has begun mm. in other words the judgment or the investigative judgment has begun and the beginning of the cleansing of the sanctuary has has begun And so it's a call also for those who are in Babylon to come out of Babylon and not to receive the mark of the beast. Okay, the mark of the beast, because those who receive the mark of the beast receive the seven last plagues.
1: Well, exactly right. I mean, Revelation chapter 18, which is a repeat of the three angels' message with power and great glory, and the whole earth is actually illuminated with the glory.
2: That same word, glory. And it's referring to God's glory being reflected in his people Mm. And did you notice they repeat the three angels message again in power That's right
1: yeah And 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 then he says uh, come out of her my people in Revelation 18 verse 4 And for what purpose does God call them out Lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues So the seven plagues are not poured out Until there's this calling out um, of Babylon of God's people So they can be sealed and Christ can finish his high priestly ministry That's right And this is
2: God's last work in his people Mm. To preach the three angels' message, and the book of Revelation, God gives many prophecies. Of, you know, in the book of Revelation, God gives many prophecies of His last day events, but also God tells us that His last work will be among His people. In Revelation chapter ten, we read. In Revelation chapter ten, verse seven, Revelation ten verse seven
1: it says, "But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel." When he's about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished as he declared to his servants the prophets.
2: Now, the seventh angel announces the second coming of Jesus. That's right. Isn't it?
1: Yes, that's correct. Okay, we read that in Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15 where it says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. Now tying that back to Daniel chapter 7, remember Christ through the the, the judgment there, the, the court setting, receives a kingdom. And here we now see the, the completion of that investigative judgment where Christ has received his kingdom where it says that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. So that's the seventh angel. And just before he's about to sound, as we read, in Revelation chapter 10 and verse 7, it says that the mystery of God would be finished. Now, Colin, what, what is this mystery that will be finished just before the seventh angel is to proclaim his work and Christ is to finish his high priestly ministry?
2: This is a good question. Good question. Just before Jesus returns, the mystery of God will be finished. And what is that mystery? Well, Paul tells us. Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. Colossians 1, verse 27.
1: To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. There it is, glory again. Our only Mm. hope of glory
2: is having Christ in us. It's the only way we'll be able to stand. We will never be without Jesus. Mm. He might have finished his mediatory work, but we won't be without Jesus we will, have received, we will have grown in the early rain We will receive the latter rain of the Holy Spirit We'll have Christ dwelling in us And living in us Christ in us the hope of glory And the mystery of God that will be finished Is the full manifestation of Christ and his people mm. Christ in them Which is our only hope of revealing God's glory to the world In its fullness Amen. Remember in Revelation 18:1, God's glory being revealed or lighting up this earth Is God's glory as Christ in us mm. Being reflected to the world it's interesting
1: that it talks about you know Christ in us the hope of glory. When it first angels message says you know fear God and give Him glory for the hour of His judgment has come. This revelation of the glory is to take place during the judgment hour period so during the investigative judgment.
2: The glory of God will be is through Christ and will be revealed through us by giving mm. glory to, to God. And so again, what is what are we? What is God waiting for? Mm. He's waiting for. And it's one of my favorite quotes, Christ Object Lessons, page 69. Just read that out. It's just,
1: let's just take this slowly. Okay, it says, Christ is waiting. So we're always saying we're waiting on the Lord, right? We're waiting for the second coming. But we see here that Christ is actually waiting for something. For his people. Remember, we've gone through his people to be sealed. He's waiting for his people to be cleansed. Mm. He's waiting
2: for people, you know, with Malachi chapter 3, this purification process. He's waiting
1: for something. What is he waiting yeah. for? Christ is waiting with longing desire. For the manifestation of Himself in His church. So there it is, Himself
2: in the church. We are the church, His Mm. people. So Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's waiting for that Mm. to be seen, Mm.
1: and that's what the glory refers to in the first angel's message: give glory to God. And this is how we're to do it: by surrender and letting the Holy Spirit reflect Christ in us. And what is God's glory? His His character.
2: Character. That's why it says
1: the next. Part. Okay, he says, when the character of Christ. Or God's glory. <laughs> God's glory, yes, shall be perfectly reproduced in his people, then he will come to claim them as his own. Praise the Lord, that's what God's waiting for. Mm. And this
2: mystery of God will be complete when Christ himself is manifest in his church. That's us. Not church members trying to imitate Christ. It will be completed when the church learns how to let Christ perfectly reproduce in his people, his character, his glory. Not Christ's character being perfectly reproduced by his people. Mm. That's legalism. Yeah, that's, that's works. Right. Yes. No, the mystery of God will be complete when Christ himself is manifest in his church. And Christ himself perfectly, perfectly reproduces his character in his people. Mm. It's him. And th- that's what this is all about. And what we're presenting is that we can have complete victory over every tempt- temptation and sin in our lives. Through Christ in us the hope of glory And I believe that God is personally calling That final generation into existence today
1: Amen, I agree with you Colin Time is slowly ebbing away We can see the, the the time of trouble on the horizon And we know that this time of peace Is the time that we need to prepare And we know that if we are Now found ourselves by faith in Christ When the time of trouble does come You know when Michael does stand up When the plagues are poured here God's people will be protected. They will not be affected by the plagues. They'll have a different type of trouble called the Jacob's time of trouble, you know, where they will wrestle with God in regards to their conscience to see if there's any unconfessed sins. But we're told that, you know, they can't even recall one. Why? Because their sins have been blotted out in the judgment and they've gone before them. They've they've gone. They've repented
2: and they've been blotted out. And the awesome thing is, God says that their bread and water will be made sure. While the plagues are falling on the the wicked all around the earth, Mm. it says God's people who have been sealed in the time of trouble. And you can read that in Psalms, and I'll give you the verse in a minute, Psalms 91, I believe it is. Yes. It says, in the time of trouble, it says 10,000 might be falling on one side and 1,000 on another side, but we're protected in that time, Mm. and our bread and water will be made sure.
1: Amen. So, dear listener, we're just going to share our contact details with you, and we'll be back straight after this message.
0: Thank you for joining us on You Shall Receive Power. If you would like more information about today's program, Or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249 733456. Or you can send an email to radio at 3ABNAustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you.
1: Welcome back You're welcome to get in touch with us Using those contact details And if you want if any prayer requests Or you want to further Bible studies on this Please avail yourself to that information And also if you want this book 50 Days Prepares and Devotionals To Prepare for the Lateral Rain and Christ's Return We can also make that available to you Now Colin um, How do we prepare for the Lateral Rain?
2: Good question Adrian. That's what it's all about We know what's going to happen The Bible makes that clear The Spirit of Prophecy makes that clear that the latter rain is going to be poured out, mm. that Jesus is going to blot out or cleanse the record of our sins in the heavenly sanctuary. Mm. He's going to finish that work. Uh, then he's going to come to take back his bride. He's going to take back his people back to heaven. So how do we prepare? Well, we prepare by daily, like Peter says, repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Mm. We start with repentance. We need to realize that we are the in church, the lukewarm church. You know, And and it even says that we make God sick, mm. that we need to repent of our sins. Yes, We need to turn to Jesus. We need to turn to Jesus and ask for forgiveness. We need to ask him to search our hearts and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Jesus is such a good God. He is mm. merciful. He will pardon us and he will give us power. He's promised to do everything for us. We need just to turn to him and ask. And as we turn and ask, he will do it. He's the author and finisher of our faith mm. We have nothing to fear We will have Jesus through the time of trouble We will have him more than we've ever had He, will never, he says I'll never leave He'll you I'll be with you, you. to, That's to right. the very end mm. We will have the latter rain of the Holy Spirit And so we also pray daily For the baptism of the Holy Spirit Remember of Christ in you The hope of glory That's right. Our only hope of glory mm. Ask Jesus to live out his life in and through you And to cleanse you And to remove everything from you And he who started a good work in you will finish that work.
1: Colin, and that text you're quoting there comes from Philippians 1, verse 6. And it says, being confident of this very thing. So we can have confidence in our Lord and Savior. That he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And dear listener, we pray that you will have that same confidence in him who is able to complete the work until the day of Jesus Christ. He's began a good work in you and he will continue to do that good work until we see Jesus Christ coming in the clouds of heaven. May God bless you until we meet again.